Hello, hello, and welcome to In My Shoes. It's a podcast for women of color where we talk about the issues we're facing on a daily basis. And I am your host, Karen Davis Thompson. So happy for this episode. Um, saw an article about this young lady and reached out to her. It's a really in-depth conversation I wanted to have. And so I'm going to ask Pam to introduce herself and tell you a little bit about what she does. And then I'll let you know why this was the conversation I wanted to have today. So hello, Pam. How are you? Hi, Karen. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing just fine. So if you could just tell the audience a little bit about yourself and then we'll get started. Sure. Well, I am uh, Pam Thompson. I'm the owner and founder of My Shade and Texture. A We are a beauty supply store and salon located in Tampa, Florida. Uh, we've been open since uh, November 2019. Uh, went through a ton of ta- challenges in 2020. Uh, because of COVID, but you know we're still here, still growing, still thriving. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit about myself. So I'm here uh, as the owner. Practically every single day, we are open seven days a week. Um, we do a lot in the store uh, and outside the store, and I know we'll talk about that more. Uh, but we offer a ton of services for our local naturalistas and those located outside the state. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, I, like I said, I saw an article and I was just intrigued because for a number of reasons, and we'll get into it. One, according the, to the article, you decided to leave your full-time job, um, I guess, was it in 2020, correct, to be there full-time? Yes, it was. So, um, shortly after our grand opening, the soft launch was November 2019. Grand opening was January 2020, so just a couple of months later. Um, shortly after that, there the need for me to be here full time increased. Um, but I knew that, that that day would come, like I planned for it. I just didn't think that it would come that soon. So I took a leave of absence, and from there, I decided not to return. Um, this was, I just felt that it, it was the right time for me to step away. And I guess the reason why that really intrigued me was obviously so much was going on in 2020 to really take that bold step. I really wanted to dive into that. And also, you know, there are not, even though black hair care is a bazillion dollar business, um, you know, we as people of color, um, you know, we have so many different shades and textures of hair, you know, um, it's, it's a, a huge business for people of color, women of color, but you see very few black women or black people period who own hair care salons. And so um, I was really intrigued by that as well. And so we'll dive into a little bit more of that. But first, let's just start with why opening this shop was something that was so important to you and that you felt led to not only do that, but make it your full-time mission. Absolutely. So it's um, always been like a long-term goal of mine to be an entrepreneur, own my own business. Um, But I've said this before, like I've always gravitated towards the beauty supply world. Um, A lot of us as black women, we spent a lot of our time at the beauty supply store, but we all pretty much share some of the same experiences where those experiences are not good. Uh, uh, From not having someone to speak to directly about the products who has that product knowledge, not some someone helping you feel welcome into that store. Like I've experienced it all. Um, and you know, to the point where some women have experienced a sense of violence. And so maybe three or four years ago, 
like I'm just put put myself into like this little boycott mode where I was not going to support non-black owned beauty supply stores or stores that did not cater to women um, and men of color. So that forced me to, okay, I'm shopping with these brands directly online and it just became just became too much or waiting for trade shows to come to Tampa where I can get them all in one space. And so it was just too many too many negative situations and it was just like, are you going to do something about it, you know, or you're going to keep complaining? And so I wanted to do something about it. And so in 2018 is when I started just like, because I'm all about educating myself to make sure I'm prepared to do something. So that was just like my research phase in 2018. And then just 2019, it just took off from there. And um, I knew there was a need for it. And so that's what helped me feel better um, preparing myself to leave my full-time job. Um, I was there for over 10 and a half years when I decided to um, step away. And um, yes, there have been times where, did I make the right decision? Um, But um, those thoughts don't come to mind anymore because I I know I have made the right decision um, for myself. And um, so... Yeah, that's pretty much it when it comes to um, why I started and um, just my journey with leaving my job. I, you know, I had a lot of issues there uh, when it came to um, just microaggression, discrimination and things like that, that it made it so much easier for me. Like it was, you know, I need to be sane. I need to have some type of work-life balance. And I was not getting that, um, even though I was pouring so much into this job, but it wasn't giving me anything in return. Um, so I took my talents and I just, you know, pretty much hired myself. And I've been doing this on this journey ever since. Girl, and I know the struggle is real. You know, when you go in a hair care store and Um, you know, and I took the time to look it up and it's a 2.51 billion with a B dollar business. And, um, like you, it would really aggravate me when I would go into a store and there are very few people there who can really explain the products, answer any questions I have, um, because they are not uh, people of color. This isn't stuff they use. They're just making money off of us. And, um, it became, it, it is increasingly frustrating and I go in and I almost sigh when I get ready oh, and then I try to get myself together to go in because it is, um, it, it can almost be like a, a chore almost. It's like, let me hurry up and see if I can find what I need in here and get out. And, um, like you, it was like, you know, what, what else can I do for me? Starting a hair care store wasn't something that I aspired to do, but definitely now knowing about your store, what I can do to contribute is to go to you. If I have to pass 20 other ones on my way there, that's what I need to do. You know what I mean? So that we can support each other, but it really is. I'm sure every black woman has had some experience walking in there and going, really (laughs) just, you know? Um, and so it, it's amazing to me. Why do you think it is that there are so few women or black people, period, who own a store that l- legit caters when you walk in there? I mean, if, if, you, if you're not somebody who, you know, non-black m- women may not be able to understand it, but it's completely when you walk into that store, it is completely um, tagged and catered to black women, totally 100%. So why do you think that an industry that is targeting us exclusively doesn't have a lot of us who are in ownership? 
because once we get in ownership and that's just one level above that and that's just a deeper conversation is having distributors and manufacturers that are black owned but to have us as owners that opens up a new realm for them. You know, we we were thriving in a beauty industry years ago, decades ago, and then uh, the Koreans took over and now there has been a shift. You know, it's a lot of Koreans that are not um, fully operating uh, because of another um, group of individuals that are now coming in to take over um, this industry because it's like you said, a 2.5 point, you know, billion dollar industry. So who doesn't want their hands in a pot when it comes to black hair care, black skin care, anything related to blacks? Um, they want to capitalize and monopolize in this industry. And so a lot of us face those challenges where we may go to a manufacturer uh, to open an account, but Pam Thompson may have a minimum, let's just say throwing a number out there, a $9,000 minimum to open an, open an account, these ridiculous numbers and requirements, whereas someone who is not Black-owned, their minimum may be $3,000 or $5,000. So it's, they pretty much put us in a position where we fail. Um, so um, that forces us to take other avenues to um, pursue our dreams or for some owner, owners, unfortunately, they may have to um, stop operating or shut down their business or move their business online because of the overhead and trying to deal with the challenges of keeping your store um, fully stocked with products. But they're the ones that have the major manufacturing companies around the country. And so they get to control that. It's unfortunate. So the next step after Black ownership when it comes to the beauty supply retail world is Black manufacturers, where we can go directly. There are some, um, um, but it's still um, not balanced. And I think that's really an interesting point that you bring up. I think a lot of times the assumption may be that because it's a product, when you're talking about black hair, that, um, you know, there are black folks behind it. Right. And that isn't always necessarily the case from what I'm hearing from you. So it's, again, people who see, let me get into this black hair care thing because they're spending a lot of money, but they may not necessarily, you know, maybe they've hired a few people who are black because they know they don't understand black hair. But at the end of the day, not only do we not own the store, but we aren't the ones manufacturing these products that are targeting exclusively black women. Is that what I'm hearing? That That is correct. That is um, so true, uh, which is why I, because I experienced that, um, and which is why I took just a different route to get these products in my store. And we have a ton of resources, a ton of talented black women and men here in the city of Tampa, who um, Tampa is their main hub for their warehouse or how they produce their products. So I took it upon myself, okay, I'm going to establish these relationships with the CEOs and um, just tell them my story, explain what, you know, what's going on and um, the position that I was in at that time. And so uh, yeah, there are some times where I will go to a distributor uh, for products, but most of the time my goal is to support that Black-owned business directly. 
um, I'm all about, yes, um, supporting black owned um, and to me, that is a give and take situation. Uh, we're both supporting each um, each other. So I would rather, and I do, I go directly to that black CEO and establish an account and set up my product, set up my account and have it shipped directly to the store. And you mentioned earlier that, you know, most of my life, um, the stores that I um had access to for any hair care products that I wanted. Um, you know, now you see some of them more of your mainstream stores, like your target, they may have a whole little section when we used to have maybe a row if we were lucky. So you see it more in these mainstream stores, but if I went into a hair care store, it was typically owned by someone of Asian descent. Uh, and now you're saying there is another uh, group or uh, ethnicity that's coming in. What group is that that you're seeing that's also coming in and kind of monopolizing this industry? Uh, we're seeing a lot of people um, from uh, the Middle East, um, that background, um, Arabic background, um, who are now or have been for quite some time um, taking over this industry because um, for them, they can, you know, they can spend millions of dollars to open up these stores and try to monopolize their area. You know, it happened to me with one uh, major store, popular chain of stores here in Tampa, where when I was going through my build-out phase, um, my my windows were blacked out, so you couldn't tell what was going on inside. I didn't have any signage up other than a flyer on my front door. Well, somehow when I started to apply for these um, hair accounts to get things in place and get my things in order, I was getting denied left and right. Come to find out through another hair company who did um, tell me what was going on, well, they got the call that if they found out that I was opening a beauty supply store and they threatened to close their hair accounts with these major companies if they opened an account with me. And the reason was um, we were in the same vicinity. However, there between me and that particular store, there's at least two other beauty supply stores, if not more, in the same area. And they're carrying the same products. Um, but when I popped up, it it was a problem. And so these um, couple of hair accounts who, you know, denied my application, it was for that reason. Um, also took that on. I was like, okay, now it finally starts. You know, I, I heard it throwing uh, my planning phase, going through trainings and things like that, knew that this could potentially happen. And so when it did happen, I was prepared for it. And I was like, all right, let, all right, let, let me move on to the next. And so um, what happened later on is now I'm getting products delivered and they got wind of that. And, um, they actually asked the UPS driver who was delivering my packages if he could open up my boxes so that they could see what was inside because they were shocked that I was still getting that I was getting products delivered despite them trying to block me from these major hair accounts. And that UPS driver, you know, contacted me, told me what was going on. And, you know, it again, it, it's crazy. And, but it did not shock me because I knew that this would potentially happen and I was ready for it. So these, and you know, a lot of things that we go through. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off there. I was just going to say, you know, you and I kind of talked obviously to prep as we got ready for this. And you mentioned that. And I just was like, 
this what we doing? Like, <laughs> I was just, I was just absolutely floored. You know, I have been, there are areas in Tampa, Florida, where you, the, they're so close together, you can park in one parking lot and just walk over. And th- now you're in the parking lot of the other hair care store. And no, and, and, and they all selling the same stuff, like you said. And I just think it's so telling and sad. I guess that's what we as people of color need to understand about where we're spending our money, right? Because, you know, not only is the hair care industry a 2.51, that's how much billion dollars they raked in. We as people of color, um, as of 2018, I look, you know, I looked this up in preparation for this interview, we spend 1.5 trillion with a T dollars in the economy, 1.5 trillion. So we have buying power, we have economic power, if we just kind of pool our resources and support one another. Um, So just hearing that really brought it home to me, the importance of it may seem easy to just run into this particular store because it's right up the street, but really think about where we're spending our money when you have somebody who's, I mean, there's enough business to go around. Really, we got to try and threaten to keep somebody from opening a store. So it was just so eye-opening to me when you, um, you know, kind of mentioned that when we were were talking that it would be that cutthroat. And I know you said that, I guess there is a community because there aren't very many of you all of black owned hair care stores. You guys kind of have formed a community. So um, you're saying that other businesses like yours have experienced the same thing? Absolutely. And this is nationally and internationally um, as far as black owned beauty supply store. um, And for some of them, it's been more extreme than mine. Like mine, I'm like, whoa, that's what you're going through? Um, Where one particular owner in Texas, while she was preparing for her grand opening, a major distributor decided to open up a store probably, oh my gosh, the size of a Walmart, um, right down the street from her, like less than five minutes away. And and it's like, really? You know, and so they they try to do these things or uh, for some owners, they've experienced, of course, you know, the blocking of the accounts or the ridiculous minimums to open up an account. And so it's just like you don't put all this planning and preparation and dedication to get your store open. And now when it comes to getting your supplies, you're being hit with a 10,000, like I said, a $10,000 minimum for for one particular product or a handful of items. And, and it's just, it's mind boggling. Uh, so, you know, we got to find like creative ways to get these things done. Um, but some just going back to, to finish up, a lot of um, other owners have experienced where owners of other stores that are not black owned, like they'll send spies into their stores and things like that. Look at their products um, to see what's going on to try to intimidate them. I've had someone walk into my store to tell me that they wanted to buy me out um, because they needed to, they wanted a corner unit and my unit was a corner unit and they had two other businesses on Bush and they wanted to buy me out and wanted to give me a number. And I'm just like, you know, can you please leave? Like, I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> like, come on. And so we, I experienced that a lot where people would just randomly pop up into the store. But um, for the most part, a lot of us experience the same. If people are not coming in, you're getting blocked from certain hair accounts or you, you're you have a ridiculous minimum to open up a hair account, whether it's for products 
wigs and extensions, chemicals, supplies, things like that. Or you have these stores where they'll strategically open up a store within your same neighborhood to underprice you and undercut you. And, you know, obviously as people of color, while we do have a lot of buying power, you know, starting a business is expensive. And so if you have a competitor, I guess, who can afford to, you know, open up something and undercut you long enough to run you out of town, um, it makes it that more difficult um, for us to thrive. And so I just wanted to make sure that people were aware of that. You know, obviously this show is for women of color. So thinking about where we're spending our money. And if it means driving an extra few minutes to support a black hair care store, encouraging people to do that because there are not enough of them. And this industry is literally 100% about us. If you've been in a black, if you've been in a hair care store, a beauty supply store, you know that that's the case. So girl, know that I will be driving across town (laughs) to come to your hair care store. (laughs) So we don't want to spend a lot of time worrying about that. Let's talk a little bit more about what you have in your store. I also read, I saw a a clip um, on a news station on you the other day, and you have some really cool stuff going on along with the products that you have. And some of them, as you said, you are supporting uh, local black owned businesses. There's a place there for people to make their own like self-care product. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes, absolutely. So we have a self-care station. It's a DIY station. And it has pretty much like formed its own identity um, as naturals or even if you're not a natural. Um, but we like to, you know, mix it up and be mixologists and things like that. Or it could be, you know, you're allergic to one particular ingredient. So why not break down those you know, popular ingredients, and now you can mix and match and do what you please. So in this station at the moment, you can now make like your own body scrub. So you can make a sugar scrub, Dead Sea salt scrub, Himalayan pink salt scrub, or you can make a multi-purpose body oil. We have a number of different carrier oils and um, essential oils, botanicals and herbs. We have clay. So it's all about like self-care um, is the theme for the store. The store itself um, is set up for self-care from the moment you come in. Just like, you know, relax. We got an ottoman. You want to sit, chill, take a look, read your products and make sure you're making the right decision. Go ahead. We're not in a rush. Um, But yes, that area, the Blending Glow Bar, is where you can DIY. Just, you know, make it yourself. We've hosted parties, like after hour parties, um, birthday parties and things like that, where women take advantage of that DIY station. Oh, you just answered my question. Because I was going to ask that whether or not um, this was something that you guys offered um, as parties, because, you know, after we get out of this COVID out the way, I'm definitely going to have to check that out because I am all about self-care here in my shoes. So my ears really perked up when I heard that part that you guys have um, a self-care area. I thought that was really neat. And I also read that you allow, or you have something that you do to kind of help promote, um, other businesses in the hair care industry. They can do like pop-up shops. Talk about that a little bit. Yes. Um, that was something that, you know, um, real true and dear to my heart because my shade and texture is not my first business. Um, I actually had a business uh, maybe five, six years ago called Erratic Couture where I made handmade accessories. And so I was out at a ton of natural hair events around the city and things like that, um, meeting and networking with other small business owners. So it was only right that um, I 
still provided a space here in my store. Like I literally, with the planning phase, I incorporated, okay, this is going to be the area for the vendors. We got to always make sure that, you know, when I have these pop-ups that, okay, it's enough space for them to be in this space. So um, since then, November, 2019, um, Every Saturday or sometimes throughout the week, we'll host pop-up shops where we allow small business owners. And we've had women and men from different industries. We've had mental health therapists. Uh, We've had women who make candles, who make body butters, uh, food and drinks and things like that, where we allow them to come into the store to sell their products for a pop-up shop. Uh, We also have... um, events uh, where once a month it's called the Girl Glow Hour. Matter of fact, we have one tonight. This is going to be our first time going completely virtual, but it started as an in-store sipping shop. COVID came, we had to shut it down, but it brought it back up where we were doing half in-store, half online. And this is where we spotlight one female boss. So um, we've honored therapists, we've honored uh, women in the medical field, um, hair CEOs and things like that, where we just get on that platform to um, be in an intimate space and meet their consumers, meet the people that are purchasing their products uh, to just pretty much engage and foster that relationship between the owner and the consumer. So those are some of the things that we um, yeah, that is really cool. I was, I don't know why I thought it was just, just hair care. So it's um, any, it's several different businesses. It's just that they are owned by women of color or people of color. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've had everyone from different walks of life, different industries. So yes, um, started off with a lot of hair care people, um, but it has grown because, you know, you, um, yes, you may be purchasing your items inside of a beauty supply store, but why not meet someone who's selling cupcakes or who's selling jewelry and things like that. Um, so, yes, we've um, it has expanded and grown um, this month. Well, this Saturday, we have a pop-up shop. Next Saturday, we have two. And then we're doing our Self-Care Sunday series, where it's just like one person who fits under that vibe of Self-Care Sunday, uh, where they come out and do their own little pop-up shop. So, um yeah, you can come in on a Saturday or Sunday and meet somebody that, okay, I didn't think that this would be inside of a beauty supply store, but yep, here we are. <laughs> and how does your, you called it the Girl Glow Hour? How does that work? Yeah, so the Girl Glow Hour, um, and like I said, initially it was an in-store event, a sip and shop that took place like after hours. So it was a two-hour networking event. And uh, we had drinks, food, giveaways, and Pretty much that person that was being honored, they were given a platform to just pretty much have that intimate Q&A or product demo. And so uh, last month we had uh, Erica Hall. She is an advanced nurse practitioner, Black woman, who has a clinic in Temple Terrace. And she actually has a mobile medical business where she does individualized healthcare management. And so she was here last month as our honoree, where um, she pretty much told about herself, told everyone about herself, her passion and where she started, because she too, you know, left her full time career to pursue her dreams and she's thriving. And so she was on site, you know, doing wellness injections because we do have an on site salon suite. Uh, So we've had women and men in that space where they did either training sessions. And now that we're growing and expanding, 
um, our reach is just only right that, you know, we pivot and just be completely um, virtual so that uh, people outside of Tampa can hear and see what's going on and hear the talents uh, that are uh, of women and men that are located here in Tampa. I'm sorry. That is really dope. <laughs> I, I didn't know you were doing, I didn't hear that part. I, I didn't see in my research. So that is really, really amazing. And I just wanted to ask once, you know, we're all praying that COVID will move on with life so we can all get back to being able to do more things in person. Do you think that uh, you will continue to have some sort of digital presence with Girl Glow Hour so that people who are outside of the Tampa Bay area can um, tune in? Oh, absolutely. I don't see that ever going away. Um, For example, when COVID hit and um, we had to temporarily shut our doors, that's when I activated curbside pickup. And that's something that I continue to do because there's still a group of women and men who just don't feel comfortable coming into stores to shop. And so um, that this is something that we will continue to do. And that's because because of COVID, it, this is how women outside of the city or outside of the state became aware of my business. So I don't want to shut them out just because, hey, we're back and open and all right, thanks, y'all. No, I want to continue to keep that going. I don't think we will ever get back to a point where we're 100% normal. So to always have that platform and just to get comfortable, whether it's with event planning or things like that, always have that aspect where, okay, we have to worry about our digital presence and our consumers that are outside of our reach. And COVID has taught me that. And that is so true. And it's a great pivot because I was going to ask that, you know, starting a business in 2019, nobody would know that who could predict nobody had a crystal ball to know that in 2020, we would be at some point, even like on a 100% lockdown, right? So how was your business able to thrive even through that? And what um, are some of the things that you've learned? You've already talked about one, understanding how, you know, to pivot and have some um, other ways to reach your customers. But number one, how are you able to just thrive and not say, you know what, this, I can't do this. Let me go back to a nine to five. And what lessons have you learned um, just about your business and about yourself with COVID and even all of the stuff you've been dealing with, with the competitors? Uh, when COVID hit, uh, well, I would say in January, I started, you know, just following the news and things like that. Oh, there's something in China. And oh, and then I saw that it was affecting some of my orders where things were being delayed. And uh, so I reached out to one of the sales reps and I asked, what, what, why is there this ridiculous delay? Yes, I was fairly new in my business, um, but I'm very hands on and I want to know the ins and outs. Um, and so this particular sales rep told me, oh, you know, there's some type of health crisis in China and um, it may be um, impacting, well, that is impacting the delay in orders. Okay. So Im- immediately I'm thinking, okay, if there's something going on in China, it's affecting orders. It's only a matter of time before it hits the States. And so sure enough, the month of the Throughout January, February, you started to hear these talks and it just became more present. And that's when we got our first few cases in the state. And it actually hit one of my, um, the brands that I actually own, a Black-owned business that's based out of Oregon. They were hit because the West Coast was pretty much hit first. And so that's when I knew, okay, I need to prepare. I need to be conscious about my spending 
Um, but again, this was right after grand opening, right after the soft launch. Um, I remember going into March, we had our Grow Glow Hour and we had other events scheduled and, you know, people started pulling back. I don't feel comfortable about going out with, with everything that I'm hearing. And so that's when we had to pull the plug on events. And then sure enough, that following week is when the mayor issued, you know, that order that we had to stay home. And so one mistake that I made and um, and I would tell aspiring businesses, business owners to um don't do what I did was when I initially started my business, um, became, you know, established with the state that was in April of 2019. Well, during that time leading up until my soft launch in November, I was out doing different events just to try to bring awareness to my um, business. I was actually selling products. I had a space on my an online store where I was selling my products but when soft launch came in November, shortly after that, I turned that off because I just wanted to manage the in-store inventory. And so when COVID came, all I could rely on was my online inventory. So I pretty much had to start from scratch. So I was literally here in the store for at least two weeks straight. I kid you not, had my six feet table out and my products on there, and I was manually adding these products. And these were new products that, you know, um, hundreds and more items compared to where I was the year prior that I was adding to my online store. But if I would have kept it going when I initially started my business, I would not have been in that position where I had pushed myself back two weeks. So I had to make up for those two weeks and just go hard and heavy. And that's why I said I implemented the, uh, the curbside. I implemented delivery. Um, I tried to do everything that I could, pushing out my presence online, expanding outside of the city because there are women and men in New York, New Jersey, California, Texas, Georgia, all of these states where they were like shut down on lockdown. They were online and shopping. And so I wanted to reach them, but I had two weeks to make up for that. So that was a big challenge. That was a big learning lesson. So if you um, are establishing a business where there is some e-commerce presence, don't put a pause on that. Keep that going because you may find yourself in a position where now you have to spend countless hours, resources, time, and money and energy to get those things where they should be um, and back on your site. So that was a learning lesson. Um, again, learning from COVID and we're still in COVID. So I don't think of it as a, you know, post-COVID, we're still in COVID. Um, I continue those same practices. I continue the delivery, but now I've partnered with Uber Eats. So um, a lot of our products are now available on Uber Eats uh, just to be more accessible for women and men um, who are looking to shop and support a beauty supply store. Um, I'm trying to um, put myself, you know, Amazon, like a lot of us, I too, I shop on Amazon. I'm crazy with Amazon. And so that's how I want to see uh, my business is, um, yeah, you're on Uber Eats, go ahead and open an app or, Hey, you want curbside? Yeah, go ahead, go online and uh, we'll walk your product out to you. Or we'll do virtual shopping sessions um, where we'll get on the phone together, video call, and um, I'll load the cart for you. We'll look at the ingredients. You have any questions and, um, just doing everything that I can to make sure um, I'm still thriving. Um, and um, 
I'm not going back. I'm not going back to my nine to five. So I'm doing everything that I can to um, still stay open and still um, thrive in this world. And that is great advice because we're absolutely still in the middle of COVID. I don't know if we'll ever, I think it'll be a long time before we can really get back to, I don't even know what normal is going to look like uh, once this is all over with. Um, And how does it feel to know that you have opened the door for a lot of local businesses to maybe get some exposure outside of the region where they live, that they may be able to get some business from somebody who lives in a different state because uh, they partnered up with you and maybe did a pop-up or they were a part of something you did virtually. It, it is a fulfilling, um, it, it just makes me feel good. Um, but yeah, that's that honestly, that's all I could say is, and I'm very modest and humble when it comes to those um, things. And it's just like, you don't have to thank me like this is this is what I want to do. And, you know, I appreciate um, everyone who does, you know, hey, Pam, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. And it's just like, this is the least I could do. I wish I could do more. And so there will be more coming this year uh, when it comes to um, our partnerships with our small businesses. But this is just the least I can do is um, have this space available for you because I, too, was in that position starting off and, you know, trying to get my feet wet and trying to get that exposure. So why not have you involved in um, in this space and in this business? So tell me, what are some of the most popular products that you sell there in your store? Okay. Um, well, um, as I said before, we have a lot of um, well-known brands here in Tampa. So it didn't take me too far to look when it came to sourcing different brands to fill the shelves. So some of our popular items are actually local items. We um, identify all of our local brands um, and uh, women and men who come in, they just love to see, oh, wow, this is a full collection from a local brand. So some of those brands are, um, for example, Canvi. Uh, Canvi is an organic scalp care collection of products. Uh, the owner is Sherelle Sampson, a graduate of USF, and now she's sold in so many stores nationwide, uh, CVS, Target, to name a few. Um, but she sold here at My Shade and Texture, and we have a lot of people that they'll pass a Target or they'll pass at CVS to come and support a Black woman at a local Black supply beauty supply store. So her um, hair growth oil, her anti-itch um, serum um, are all amazing products. Some of the uh, products that I just I currently use, they're a part of my regimen. And then we have Beauty from the Roots. Uh, Renisha Black is the CEO. Uh, we are her first retail store that she was um, able to put her products in, and she has grown since then. But she has a line of products that was made after her daughter um, had a rare uh, disorder that um, affected her hair. And so she um, pretty much became very conscious and aware of the ingredients. And so she started creating products uh, that were safe for um, black hair. Uh, So Beauty Front of Roots is one of our top selling products as well. And of course, another local brand right here in our backyard. And then the third will be Raina Skincare. Raina um, is owned by 
Adriana uh, Robinson. Uh, she is an Afro-Latina who has an amazing uh, skincare line. So our um, customers love her soaps. She has like an array of different soaps, everything from guava mama, honey turmeric, coffee, French green clay. Uh, she has cleansers, um, toners, and everything is natural, organic, and made right here in Tampa. So um, those three brands are actually our top brands, but they are also local brands because we, again, are just strong proponents on supporting local brands here in our community. And that's just really great information to have. I mean, I, I was born and raised here and didn't realize that we had such a thriving industry just right here uh, in Tampa, Florida. So I'm definitely um, eager to check that out. And I don't think we mentioned it along with, you know, when, when people hear beauty supply, they think um, hair, right? But it's skincare, the whole regimen, and you guys have an array of that, correct? So not just hair, but as you mentioned, you have a one skincare line that's doing really well. So you have an array of products that you offer there. Is that correct? Yes, that that is correct. Um, everything, you know, from skincare, um, makeup, hair, and um, our DIY station. So it's, it's not your typical beauty supply store. And there may be some things that we may not have that, you know, you're looking for, but we keep our little black book and we always uh, write down suggestions and recommendations. Uh, we also have a consignment program where um, that's another extension of us helping small business owners where they may not be fully prepared to to, um, be full-time in a retail store. So we do offer consignment. And right now we have a couple of local brands that are a part of that program. Uh, one in particular is a local candle company, um, Eccentric Sense. The owner is Francesca Christian. Uh, she's based out of Clearwater. She makes soy candles that just smell up the store. <laughs> and we just can't keep those in stock. And she'll actually be here um, next week hosting her pop-up shop. And then we have a vegan line um, consignment under our consignment program called HBJ Glam. This is formulated and created by a cosmetologist from Tallahassee. And so she's traveled down to the store um, quite a few times to host her pop-up shop, but she has a line of vegan hair care products that um, our customers love too. So um a lot of locally grown, um, you know, products and, and hair. Can't forget or can't fail to mention um, the Curl Refinery. This is a black brand that actually has crochet hair, braiding hair, uh, wigs and extensions. And it is all created by a black woman who actually has her own warehouse. Um, she is manufacturing and producing these items sometimes by hand. Uh, so um, the Curl Refinery um, is another local brand and we're just um, able to have those products in our store. Uh, the owner is Vanessa and uh, she was located here in Tampa, but she's now in Polk County, uh, but still another local um brand that is actually not selling chemicals. These are very rare to come across when you can find a black company that is actually creating these hair extensions that we sell. And that is so true. So I, I just really love the dedication to promoting uh, black owned businesses for these products that are marketing and targeted to black women. Uh, so I just think that is uh, really great what you've been able to do there. And I am so excited about being able to come in um, and take a look at what you guys have there. I am serious. I am going to pass the Aww. several that are in my area to come 
and patronize. And, you know, obviously this is a podcast that's done locally, but we have um, an audience that is worldwide. And so um, I would be remiss in not asking you to give out your um, places where people can find you on, on Facebook digitally if they want to order from you. So how can people reach you? Absolutely. Uh, you can shop online because we do offer flat rate shipping through the U.S. Priorities, um, U.S. Postal Service, and we use priority shipping for all of our um, orders. And that's $5 for flat rate shipping on orders 55 or less or free shipping for anything over $55. And we also offer the curbside pickup where you can order through our website. Um, or Uber Eats. And so if you're local and within a vicinity of the store, just go to the grocery section of Uber Eats and you'll be able to find and select My Shade and Texture. But our website is www.myshadeandtexture.com. www.myshadeandtexture.com. There's a shop with us link. And so again, shopping, you can select curbside pickup or you can have it delivered to your home. And we um, ship our products every single day that the post office is open. So as soon as we get that, we're working and um, working on fulfilling that order and getting that out to you as soon as possible. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today uh, to have this conversation. Um, I was really excited about talking to you and I hope it's been as eye-opening for others as it has been for me about what's going on in this billion dollar hair care industry that so many of us are contributing to. So again, I appreciate you for your time. Uh, that's all the time we have for today. If there's anything that you want to hear us talk about on In My Shoes, you can hit me up at kdt at inmyshoestoday.com. Again, that's kdt at inmyshoestoday.com. And until we have a chance to speak again, be blessed. Looking for a fun and unique gift for Mother's Day? We've got you covered. Head on over to www.inmyshoestoday.com shop and check out all of the great journals we have to offer. You guys know we're all about women of color telling their story in my shoes. And what better way to do that than to journal? Whether they need a little self-care, if they're working on a gratitude mindset, if they're looking for a prayer journal, or even something that gives them a few writing prompts to get them started, we've got what you need, as well as a line of decorative pens designed to inspire women to write until their heart's content. Remember, we believe that when you write, you release. So go on over to our website, www.inmyshoestoday.com shop and use promo code IMS. That's IMS for free shipping on all orders until Mother's Day. Thank you.